Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We are a podcast discussing unsolved mysteries, weird occurrences, misunderstood phenomena, and creepy happenings. If this is not your first time listening, then welcome back. As always, the Stranger Than podcast logo art is brought to you by Catbulu Art. The link is in the show notes. Today we have a guest. We have Christopher, a.k.a. New Guy, also from Pill Brigade. What's up? So last week you got Bert and no Joanna, and this week you get Joanna and New Guy. So yay. You're in for, well, something. You're in for something. <laughs> we won't exactly call it a treat. But... No, no, but it's <laughs> definitely something. Today, our topic will be the Satanic Panic. Which was a moral or religious, a moral panic or a religious paranoia that happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Moral panic is when a bunch of folks think evil is threatening them and their way of life. Religious paranoia is basically the same thing, but it gives the evil the backstory of whatever the religion thinks of as evil. So, Satan and Christianity. I'm sure there's other things that I don't know. There's lots of things I don't know. Yes. <laughs> All the things that I don't know. Throughout history, there have been many of these panics. Witch trials were definitely an example of religious paranoia. McCarthyism lines up with moral panic. Uh, drugs and violence in video games on TV and movies. Uh, we could go on and on. We will go on and on a bit, actually. Today, we're going to be focusing on the satanic panic that occurred from the 1970s to the 1990s, and then kind of lost steam after the 90s, but is less satanic and more still a moral panic that's, or moral uh, paranoia that's going on. Right. I mean, even today there's, I mean, I think we discussed this in MKUltra where, you know, there's like the whole list of things that the, the conspiracy theorists really like to, to hang on to. It's like either the government is controlling your mind or it's aliens or reptilians or it's Satanism. Fucking Satanism. Work. <laughs> <laughs> It's just everywhere. Yeah. It's fun to see them trying to give back to the community and erecting statues. And it, it, it's fun to see where Satanism has come. Now they're <laughs> Santa's little helpers in the community. Oh, yeah. I will definitely be talking about the actual Church of Satan a little bit later on. Uh, actually, it'll be not that much later on. It's coming up here, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, one of the catalysts. That's right. So America in the 60s. And early 70s was a pretty traumatic place. Presidents got shot. There was cults, serial killers, celebrity deaths, and a war that's been going on forever. It was also becoming more and more socially acceptable to be a religion other than Christian, or not religious at all. I mean, yeah, there's always been quote-unquote religious freedom in America, but, I mean, not really. Yeah. The people weren't always down with it, and that's really what you have to be careful of. The Satanic Church was founded in 1966, and though it doesn't focus its practices on actual worship of the Christian devil, the uninformed have no reason to think otherwise. With people less fearful of the wrath of God, movies like The Exorcist and Rosemary's Baby came out, the common American had this idea of what Satanism looked like, and it looked scary. It was believed by many that games like Dungeons and Dragons were actually just fronts for Satanic rituals, rock and roll music played backwards revealed Satanic messages, 
and 80s trash talk shows splash Satanism all over daytime TV. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Geraldo Rivera Geraldo. thing. Oh, that, yeah. That documentary. Oh, Man, all that shit. And Dungeons crazy. and Dragons, it's like, that's just something that nerds play. Right? That was actually why I was drawn to it, because I thought, hey, yeah, this is just something nerds play. And then when I heard it was satanic, I was like, well, I've got to at least check this out, because I was young and impressionable in the 80s. You were impressionable in the 80s. <laughs> Probably young, too. I mean. He's like a thousand years old. He's not a thousand years old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Satanism is not actually evil. True story. The Church of Satan is the only historical example of Satanism in an uninterrupted form. In the past, there may have been individuals or groups who claimed or practiced some sort of Satanism, but the current one is the only one to persist. It hasn't even been around that long, and it's still, in this short amount of time, been the only form of Satanism to actually keep going. Those who practice this religion do not literally worship the Christian idea of the devil. Satanists use Satan as a symbol of humans living in the way that they wish. This is, of course, done in a way that flows with modern society, so no human sacrifices or anything silly like that. Just like Mormons don't practice polygamy. It's because it's against the law. Well, some don't. Some don't. <laughs> the most of them don't. Right. There are probably humans out there that say that they worship Satan and in fact, do sacrifice people, but, you know, few and far between. I feel like yeah. that's mostly just an excuse, too, for just the fact that they're... They just want to murder someone. Yeah, they just want to fucking kill someone. Or hack up animals. Yeah, because they're a fucking sociopath. Which is even it more It doesn't have up. anything to do with the... Right. ...with Satan himself. In Satanism, it's really just embracing your own desires without infringing on others. So it's just basically being selfish without fucking other people. That's That's fine. They do have good tenements. Yeah, the Satanism is the only religion that I'm aware of that sees women and men as equal and condemns rape. And you're absolutely not allowed to harm any child at all. And really, you're not you're not supposed to use any kind of physical violence except in defense of you or your loved ones. Well, that kind of goes against uh, a lot of people's ideas about Satanism. Yeah, sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. And of course, there's probably just as many different ways to worship the devil as there are to worship God. So Exactly. You know, but this is the main group of them, is that Satanism is just basically humanists. Mm-hmm. I've always thought Satanism and Christianity kind of have to go hand in hand and exist parallel, because the Christian concept of Satan was God's right-hand man, so it's like the two highest beings, so they kind of... They kind of have to go hand in hand. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, Christians came up with the idea of the devil. Yeah. During this time, many people believed that there were Satanists everywhere. These Satanists were believed to be evil. These were the guys hiding the message in heavy metal music, sacrificing humans, animals, dressing in black, God forbid. <laughs> they were around the corner waiting to steal your kid. Maybe they were going to slip someone you loved some drugs. Anything that was not Christian was Satanic. Wiccan right. symbols, Celtic symbols, anything with stars or circles, all thought of as devil symbols. And that's the thing, even even still, like, at work, to differentiate my 
safety glasses back when I had to use them from everyone else's, I would draw a Triforce on it from Zelda. And one of the guys I worked with asked me completely seriously if that was a satanic symbol. Wow. <laughs> no, that's from a video game that's been around since the early 80s. I don't know. Looks like a Satan symbol to me. Yeah, goddamn <laughs> Satan symbols. They're taking our jobs. <laughs> it's the devil's work right there. <laughs> goddamn right. So this whole idea of like the, the Satanism in people's minds was really pushed by this guy named Mike Warnke. He wrote this book and released it in 1972. It's called The Satan Seller. It's really a classic story. A boy with no parents gets adopted by a group of people who call themselves Satanists. Uh, they drink blood, use drugs, have orgies, and cast magic spells. In the book, Warnke details his ascension in the ranks to that of High Priest, where he'd provide over rituals of demon summoning, kidnapping, and rape. The tale is old as time. That Do sounds like babies? a good Saturday night. <laughs> I, I don't know. They probably ate babies. I mean, really, that's just good taste. He also tells of an attempt on his life by heroin overdose and his heroism in the Vietnam War. He ends the book of the story of how he found Jesus, turned his life around, and got married. By 1974, Warnke was bigger than the Beatles in the evangelical community. He met some of the heavy hitters in the church and had been ordained twice as a deacon because sometimes once just isn't enough. Gotta make sure. That's right. It's hard to say exactly where on the religious food chain a deacon sits. It varies, uh, but it's not at the bottom, and that's for sure. By 1980, he had divorced his original wife from the woman he started banging when he got famous, named Carolyn Alberti. As a good deacon does. <laughs> as, as a good deacon does. He released his first album called Alive that year as well. No relation to the Kiss album of the same name. Strangely, no. Now, I believe they were probably against Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> this was huge. The album blew up. Christians fucking loved it. He and his new wife rolled around the country, raking in millions of dollars to his ministry. He started embellishing stories he'd told before and had published in previous books. You know, it's kind of hard to retcon print. It was exposed in 1992, a year after his divorce from Alberti, that his whole story was bullshit. So he, uh, the, the story that he wrote initially that was meant to be a true story, he was passing that off as a true story. That was supposed to be his backstory. Absolute bullshit. All 100% of it. 100%. It's possible he was an orphan, actually. Uh, they didn't, they didn't say that that wasn't, that was one of the things that didn't happen. Pictures surface of him in the 60s just looking fucking square. Not all Satan chic like he'd claimed. You know, he said he was like leather jacket, long hair, you know, banging chicks, being a <laughs> badass. No, he just square as fuck. The investigation turned up all manner of things, most important of which conflicted with his story according to him. The, the investigation ruined him. Parts of his book where he said he was doing Satan stuff, they... Like, no, you were here doing this. His and college here's friend. the evidence. Yeah, his college friend said, no, that's absolutely not how he was. <laughs> exactly. It was just, it was all bullshit. However, guess who didn't give a shit about his credibility? The evangelical community. The entire community. They were still just like, whatever, good enough. 
Well, Jesus, I mean, look at look at who you're talking about. I mean, right? they, they gloss over a lot of things. That's the truth, yeah. <laughs> so, like, the way I'm thinking it is maybe there was Satanism happening, and the evangelical Christian community manifested it like a fucking tulpa. <laughs> <laughs> they were so afraid of it and thought so hard onto it that they made it happen. <laughs> they made the reality true. That's just sort of a bit of a background on the climate of the time. Things actually were really fucked up for some of these people. On September 7th, 1983, Detective Jane Hogue of the LAPD arrested 25-year-old Ray Bucky on charges of child molestation. Police Chief Harry Kuhlmeyer, which is a totally cool last name. <laughs> That's definitely a television police officer. Oh, Kuhlmeyer? Harry Kuhlmeyer. Harry right. Kuhlmeyer. Let's call him right. Cool. That's got to be New York, too. Yeah, L.A. is good. L.A. is fine. You can be cool, uh, you know, Chief Cool in, in L.A. Well, Harry Kuhlmeyer sent a letter to 200 parents of children who attended the preschool that Bucky worked at, McMartin Preschool. The letter said that they were investigating the possibility of this guy touching children inappropriately, perhaps under the guise of taking a temperature or something like that. Oh, I read wow. that actual letter, too, and the way it's worded is just fucked up. As a parent, to have to open that up and read the way it was worded is insane. And for the fact that the chief of police sent this letter out before an investigation was really even conducted, kind of broken. That's not the way you're supposed to do things. No, I don't think it's how you're supposed to do things at all. It definitely sets preconceived notions into parents' heads. Yeah, in everyone's heads. Oh, and at the end of the letter, Kuhlmeyer says, oh, and keep this on the download because it's kind of sensitive <laughs> information. Um, ask As you just kids. sent out 200 letters to public. <laughs> exactly. And ask your kids if they've seen Bucky tying any kids up or taking them away during nap time. <laughs> wow. You may wonder how the police had learned of this guy's crime. A woman named Judy Johnson had a two-and-a-half-year-old boy who went to the preschool about ten times. After what I'm assuming was the tenth visit, she called the police, claiming that one of the people who worked at the preschool, Ray Bucky, had molested her son. The boy did not show any signs of sexual abuse and couldn't identify Bucky from pictures. Nevertheless, he was arrested and evidence was collected. This evidence included porno mags, which was Playboy, so barely porn. <laughs> a rubber duck, a teddy bear, and a graduation robe. All very suspicious items for a man in his 20s. That also sounds like a good Saturday night. Yeah. Right? So, I have no children. How, a two and a half year old, how much do they have to say about things? I mean... No, it just depends on the kid. I mean, yeah. some two and a half year olds yeah, can just they're... say some crazy shit and then others, like, you know don't say anything it's basically the most just part, like they're brain damaged midgets and uh at that point still and haven't quite got a full grasp of what's going on around them and they're asking and finding out a two and a half year old is not going to have a firm grasp on a situation that's going on around them right 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 and i think yeah there's just so much like kind of imagination stuff still yep. like kind of tied into what it whatever they're saying like yeah they're just kind of like making stuff up and 
right sort of they're, just they're pulling still from in... all their sources in their brain and just like talking a bunch of shit yeah okay well johnson also claimed that bucky would sodomize her son while forcing the child's head in the toilet and that bucky's mother took the johnson boy to a satanic ritual where a baby was beheaded oh yeah and bucky would don a santa claus costume and a cape and dance around the preschool as it turns out, the prosecution found that Miss Johnson suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, wow. Yeah, that might explain some of the, the things <laughs> yeah. being said. Did this stop any court proceedings? I'm going to say no. It did not. Not at all. All of the kids who went to the school ended up going into interviews with a therapist. When first questioned, the children would say they had not been molested. But by the end of the two-hour interview... Filled with leading questions and repetition, most of the kids ended up telling her what she appeared to want to hear. As kids will do, especially it's been two fucking hours. Yep. Right? They're going to say whatever you want just to get the fuck out of there. And they're young kids, too. With two no hours attention span. That is so long. Right? By March, not even a year since Bucky was arrested, 384 kids were said to have suffered sexual abuse. 150 of these kids had medical examinations done that concluded 80% of them had been sexually abused. Dr. Acid Hager carried out these exams and did not base her findings so much on physical evidence as whatever the child said. So these examinations weren't really medical examinations. <laughs> and yet she found that 80% of the kids had been raped somehow. Hmm. On March 22nd, seven people were indicted on 115 counts of child sexual abuse. By May, another 93 indictments rained down from the DA's office. DA Robert Philobosian, who was in an election year. Just an aside. That, definitely not a good time to be in the daycare industry. No. Because this spread like a plague. Shit just kept getting more and more fucked. No physical evidence of child abuse was found Anywhere at the preschool, at the homes of the accused, nowhere. They even dug up the grounds of the preschool with, like, equipment, with, with digging, with, like, backhoes and shit. They brought in an archaeologist. Oh, my God. So that he could study it extensively. They were yeah. looking for a secret room where some of these crimes had allegedly taken place. Yeah, and where, like, babies were buried or whatever and shit after they were done with their rituals. Yeah, guess what they found? Nothing. Fucking nothing. There was supposed to be an extensive network of tunnels down there that led to elaborate ritual rooms and stuff. And that was per the investigators had, uh, based upon their coerced investigations and questions to the kids, had come up with this whole big fanciful line of bullshit. And when the archaeologist was digging around in there, uh, he's like, yeah, none of this shit really dates back that far, and some of this stuff could have been just a rat, but basically the only thing they found was, like, a really kind of small room where they had thrown some of the shit, like construction workers had thrown their garbage uh, while they were building the place. No secret room. No <laughs> network of tunnels. No corpses of anything besides perhaps some rats. Did this stop anything? No. Nope. No, it did not. They watched the videotapes of the kids being interviewed, and they were basically being politely bullied into saying whatever the interviewer wanted them to say. 
They even busted out with the anatomically correct hand puppets that have since become a trope, where on the bear do they touch you and whatnot. Right. Right. These kids ended up saying some pretty shocking shit. Naked cowboys and Indians, where the cowboys would rape the Indians and vice versa. They'd play a game called Naked Movie Star, where all the kids would sing a song while one naked kid somersaulted while being photographed. And, of course, the Satanism. Always the Satanism. Satanism. Always the Satanism. You know, kids just love to be naked. I can see where a lot of their fantasies just involve, like, being naked. And, like, kind of... it's just a fucking hassle to, like, put your clothes on. Right? I mean, kids kids were little. I mean, like... It was like my fucking house was like a nudist colony. I mean, they never went into fucking wear clothes, like, ever. Second they're home, like, all clothes ripped off. One boy said the teachers took them to an animal sacrifice and then forced them to drink the blood. We still haven't reached the trial, and even members of the prosecution are starting to smell bullshit in the water. I mean, I don't understand why they didn't just from the beginning, for God's sake. I know, right? It's because it's... Satanism. Satanism, guys. But also remember at this time, evangelical Christianity had grown in power and prominence. It also ties into the politics of the time oh, too. Yeah, Reagan because was in they charge. had yeah, they had started to grow in power and Reagan was actually the first president that they had thrown all of their power behind and helped get elected into office. And so they had a the evangelicals were unstoppable at that time. Right. And then you don't want to be the guy who's like, you know, not doing anything about this problem that clearly exists, I guess. Well, and Satanism is the greatest evil mm -hmm. ever. I mean, it is fucking Satan, man. That's the adversary of God. Yeah. So we were all alive during this time, but Joanna and I were. Our brains weren't enough. To, we weren't taking any information in. Do you remember the giant Christian mass of foolishness that occurred during that time? Did it affect you much? Oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that was my prime teenage years. I, you know, grew up in the 70s as a kid, but then the 80s was my prime teenage years. And actually a lot of that because I grew up in a military Christian household. And so I attended church a lot. That's just the way it was. You, know? you had no choice. I, I didn't have any choice. And all of that is what led me to question stuff. And then as all of this shit about Satanism started to get more and more popular and stuff, and then you had the rise of heavy metal. And, of course, that offended everybody because, you know, Iron Maiden said 666 is the number of the beast, you know. Sacrifice is going on tonight. And that fed into it, so I had long hair and I loved heavy metal, so I paid attention to a lot of it because I wanted to rebel against it, you know, Oh yeah. at that time. And so, like like I said earlier, it was actually the reason I went and checked out D&D is because I had heard all of these satanic stories about rituals going on and black magic being practiced and stuff, and... You know, to be fair, if you got an imagination, it's fun to get around with some, you sit around with some friends and role play for an afternoon. You know, it's it's all right, but it definitely was not what it was cracked up to be. But the not heavy a lot metal, of Satanism. no, but the heavy metal thing was there was a lot of crazy shit going on that came to a head later on that you know I'm sure you'll be touching on later. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the uh, more of the, the music thing later on. I didn't really. Uh, I didn't know about the whole daycare thing going on. I knew there was something going on, but that wasn't, uh, 
you know, I didn't have kids or anything at that time. Oh, yeah. So no, not, not I, yet. I was busy doing my teenage things. Making and, different poor choices. And Yeah, and I made <laughs> the poor choice of becoming a musician. And, well, I still suffer from that addiction. Could be worse. You know, I think I read an article in, like, Newsweek about the daycare thing when I was, like, nine. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. like, at the doctor's office or yeah, some shit. Yeah, exactly. I think I was, like, at the doctor's <laughs> yeah. office. Yes. Home, home, quote, unquote, sick from school. Exactly. I definitely remember all of the uh, uproar over the serial killers at the time. Oh, too, yeah. Though. Well, that uproar over serial killers is, like, fine. But I remember that. <laughs> That's, being... You should be uproarious about that. Yeah, but I remember them um, distinctly, like, linking, like, the Zodiac Killer to Satanism and oh, stuff. Oh, right, right, yeah. yeah. Well. Because that was all over the news. I would definitely say that I, I feel like Richard Ramirez has been touched by Satan. A Seriously. Bit. Fair assessment. He got the long dick of Satan, and that really shows. <laughs> 100%. I mean, that that's one way you look at him like, wow. Oh, yeah, that guy, man. Pure yeah. evil. Mm-hmm. Pure evil. Well, back to the case here in California. Key McFarlane was the lady that did the interviewing of the children. And it's said that she could get a six-month-old baby to confess it was molested. <laughs> was that like a joke around the office or basically yeah yeah in december of 1985 the charges for everyone was dropped except for ray bucky and his mother peggy bucky la county had racked up a bill of four million dollars for this case so far oh my god it had not even reached trial yet and then they were like basically dropping all charges on everyone except for these two exactly yep opening statements finally started July 14th, 1987. It was basically just going through all the shit we just said, but this time the jury was watching. One new thing was the testimony of Bucky's se- uh, cellmate, George Freeman. Ironic name for a fella in the clink, right? <laughs> right. Old George said that Bucky told him that he'd molested the shit out of those kids and had photos to prove it buried in South Dakota. Oh, God. Oh, he was also fucking his sister. Oh, he also shipped porn to Denmark. Freeman was a multiple felon and had admittedly committed perjury in the past. So he's super in, credible. I am in just so, fact, I hate any case where there's like the jailhouse informant. I know, right? It's like, it's just like, dude, uh, like, are you seriously going to fucking believe this guy, the fucking cellmate here? Yeah, no shit. Well, especially when they found out just shortly afterwards that Mr. Freeman had done this in multiple cases. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh-huh. Ridiculous. He's just like, what? No, people just really like to talk to me, you know? They just open up. Yeah, it's weird how they do that. Mm-hmm. It's weird how he says he ships porn to Denmark. because <laughs> There's a big... There's know, a, like a huge difference tr- yeah. between like the Scandinavian culture and ours, and they basically have porno mags like everywhere, like in just regular like convenience stores. Oh yeah, there's there's commercials just on their TV right out in the open for condoms and shit that <laughs> like are just the, like, hey, yeah, have and sex, like, kids, <laughs> use condoms. The it's covers fine. aren't even like covered up like they are here. No. I mean, it's just I remember when I went there when I was eleven, and I was just like, whoa, they're not Puritan. They're not. Yeah, they're they're. They're so... open sexually. Like, that would <laughs> fix so many problems if people be... just didn't vilify sex. Yeah, to be so... fair, they didn't say he was a successful porn exporter. To right. 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 So I'm just, my gut feeling is that Denmark doesn't want anything that we have. They got 
you know, they're they got better they got their own shit. already. Yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, they don't have any need to uh, receive it from their stupid American friends. What I'm thinking is that it was meant to be like the child porn he was sending. Mm. But it didn't say that. It just said porn. <laughs> that was weird. Mm-hmm. The first jury, yes, first jury, deadlocked November 2nd, 1989. Wow. The jury couldn't figure it out at this point. And so a second trial began. By this time, all of the charges against Peggy Bucky had been dropped. Oh, so now they were only targeting... They were just shooting for Ray. Okay. There was eight counts of child molestation was now going for Ray. So it was down significantly. Down from like 164 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The second trial also ended in a mistrial. Oh my god. <laughs> they just didn't go for a third. Well, that's good, because I was going to say, like, it's stupid that there was, like, jurors both times that didn't, really was like, yeah, you know, this is credible. Right, didn't take the obvious bullshit and just, uh, man, ridiculous. It uh, was just so ridiculous. So, I mean, I'm glad there were enough to actually cause a mistrial, but it's just like, you try it again, and, <laughs> oh, man. But just the fact that there were some on there, that panel that were just like, oh, yeah, I believe it. I mean, unfortunately, though, he did not get found guilty. He, he, I mean, I'm sure he had to move. I don't know if he did or not, but I'm sure he, oh. he had to because the people in the area still believed he had molested children. And that's and, just like going to be the, the consensus. Yeah, and they felt day. cheated. And I believe that these poor kids probably weren't subjected to anything sexual until the fucking interviews with the goddamn hand puppets. Right. Um, it was all of and, this shit that put these ideas in these poor kids' heads. Probably and, all the stuff that was fed to them is way more damaging than anything they actually experienced yeah, at daycare. Think how traumatizing that would be. Yeah, to be basically told that you were abused and plant, given this idea that you were in your Not, head, yeah. you're basically having adults convince you that like this awful thing happened to you. And, and fairly graphically showing uh, you on an anatomically correct doll how it's done. With your hand up a doll's ass. Right. And you gotta like, you gotta wonder, I mean... If you remember something, even if it didn't really happen, is that still a real experience? Because you remember it. If you remember you were molested, even if you weren't, did you actually get molested? Especially there just is no culprit? Especially at an early age when memories are first being developed. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's first coming from imagination, as we discussed with a two and a half year old. When you're getting a little bit older, three, four, five, and six, and memories are around the daycare range, and memories are just starting to develop and, and become part of the base foundation of who you are, how easy is it for those memories to get fucked up and jumbled up at that age? Right, and then I would say if like some of those memories now involve the idea that you were molested and abused, I think that, that has just as much of an effect on you as, as if it had actually happened. Hell yeah. I, I think the same thing. This is not a lone case. There were there were many cases of these daycare bullshit daycare uh, cases. There was a list of them. I'm going to go through one more. Oh. There was there was tons of them. Yeah. In 2013, the Kellers, Fran and Dan, cute couple name, Fran and Dan, <laughs> were released from prison where they had been placed in 1992. In 2017, all the charges against them were dismissed. They were awarded compensation for being imprisoned erroneously. Before all of this, these two owned a daycare in Austin, Texas. 
The couple was accused by a three-year-old and then by two other children of videotaped rapes, murder, and ritual animal abuse. It was even claimed by the children that they had been flown to Mexico, raped by soldiers, and then were returned to the daycare and picked up by their parents in the afternoon. Okay, like, wow. Yeah. Like, the three-year-old has that kind of life experience to have that kind of association to be able to recognize what's happening to them and report it. Right. They and then there's the whole Mexico. time factor. <laughs> <laughs> like a three-year-old well, Austin, Texas, knows... you could fly to and oh, from. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. Mean, I'm, I'm thinking Washington. I'm like, that takes like five fucking hours. Yeah, I mean, in, in Austin, that's you, it's feasible. I mean, except that. Except the whole that, thing you is, know, the is, whole thing is The feasible part is to fly there and back in a day. Nothing else is really... I'm sure. I like why are you, I would ask where you got this idea from the child. I mean, I would question how a child knew what video a three year old child knew what videotape rape was to be able to report it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. This immediately was a huge deal, and basically everyone was suspect, even the local cops. Whoa! Everyone. They were just like, this is fucked up, and everyone's and everyone's did something, probably. So who investigated this? Like, the FBI, or what? I'm not sure. I would imagine the FBI was probably called in to investigate this, especially because, because the local they... cops were even, like, under scrutiny, that means Yeah. That... One such cop ended up admitting to child abuse, though he took it back the next day. Wow. The Kellers got the fuck out of Dodge at this point. They were in Texas. They didn't want to face Texas law for this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that makes them look very guilty. Uh, some guy had popped up saying he had uncovered repressed memories of satanic child abuse in the past and therefore was an expert, and that this situation had all the trappings of satanic abuse. Just some dude pops up like, hey, cops. Or, hey, I'm a fucking expert. Exactly. And this oh. was that Panzer guy, right? I believe so, yeah. Because he also worked, he's got a whole messed up history with this satanic panic stuff, too based on the book Michelle Remembers, which was one of his psychiatric patients that he ended up marrying. And but... they went through this whole, wrote this book about her being involved in occult rituals and stuff too. And right along with Satan Cells uh, was one of the books that helped trigger all of this stuff. Fucking ridiculous. So he oh got God. brought into this investigation because he was considered a leading authority on Satanism by this time. Oh my god, how many leading authorities were there on Satanism? Because Everywhere. For the, real? There was that one Zero. guy... Right, no, For that's real. what I'm saying. Anton like, LaVey? Um, the, West <laughs> the West Memphis 3 case had a guy like Dale Griffiths and, again, brought in to actually testify at their trials because he was an expert on oh, the occult and Satanism. And, and, I mean, this guy has a website that's up and running today where he still stands by everything. Of course. Yes. Of course. Yes, but it's just like, oh my god. Like how like how do you just like insert yourself in a case like this and fucking people are just stupid enough to like believe that you're an actual expert? Like I just don't fucking get that. It blows my mind. Yeah. I'm just it like, oh well thanks for coming down and helping mind. us out, you know? We could use your we could use your views on this. We could use your expert opinion on what's going on here. Right. Like, oh, that's that's lovely. Oh, my God. There is a lot of human herd mentality that I question. Oh, yeah. On a daily basis. <laughs> I mean, what is it? It's a quote from a movie. Uh, humans, human, uh, a human is smart. Humans are dumb. That's a uh, damn fine The quote. fifth element. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah. 
I, I, that's not the exact quote, but you know, still, it was close enough. Yeah, well, I get the gist of it. Yeah, it's, that was one hundred percent accurate. I saw a quote by Henry Ford uh, the other day that got me. It said, "Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right." There you go. He was also all about eugenics and the Nazi party. Well, you know, <laughs> different days. Can't win them all. <laughs> the killers were caught and they went to trial. It only lasted six days. The first child admitted on the stand that she had been coached to say that she had been abused and that she had not actually been. But no one cared, and the couple was sentenced to 48 years in jail. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. Nope. Ah. The nail in the coffin was the testimony of Dr. Michael Mao, who said he'd found tears in her hymen consistent with sexual abuse. He says that three years later he went to a seminar where they showed a photo of a child's hymen that looked exactly like that of the child that he'd witnessed and cried rape about, and that it was presented as a normal hymen. He admitted to this mistake in the 2013 retrial. So that so he didn't just not, not right off the bat, but he waited until it came back up. Well, like, he didn't oh, want okay, to well, now that I'm being called to testify again, I guess I'll tell the truth kind of thing. Exactly. Uh. I mean, the whole thing was bullshit anyway. There was no evidence of abuse. The expert on Satanism called was dubious at best. The prosecution even withheld evidence from the defense. Oh, god damn it. And then the ME, this guy, had provided false testimony. He didn't know it, but nevertheless, it was false testimony. So as mentioned, the charges against them were dismissed, but the reason for this was put down as actual innocence. Not not guilty, <laughs> but that they were actually innocent. Well, there's a difference between innocent and not guilty. Exactly, and no. rarely do you have innocent in court. Mm -hmm. It's oftentimes, it's almost always not guilty. Right. But they yep. were innocent, and they were given $3.4 million for the wrongful conviction. I think they should have gotten more. 21 personally. years in prison. 21 years in prison as a fucking child rapist. Like, that had to That suck. is not a good thing. In Texas. <laughs> do you think... To have survived 21 years is pretty impressive. Right? Do oh you think $3.4 million is enough to have wasted your your life your entire life they were in i mean they were in their like 30s or so maybe their 40s when they were arrested they're old now and they've no doubt been abused themselves in prison right and their whole lives run their families lives ruined yeah their names destroyed and then i mean and it's all because not because of some like I understand that sometimes mistakes happen with eyewitness testimony and forensics and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, you know, when it's, it's something that that blatantly obvious, like the kid recants. Yeah. And, yeah. And then yeah. the prosecution is just playing dirty in order to get this thing uh, won. I hate that shit. It's that is bullshit. fucking awful. It's absolute bullshit. It's disgusting. It is because of that power that the evangelical right held at the time and they needed these poster boys because they're using it as religions have done for centuries and centuries they use that fear as a way to control the people yeah definitely yeah. and all of the people as they preach about this satanism and here's these examples and they don't care about the evidence what they cared about was having that symbol there 
that help keep people on their side because that's how they keep all that money pouring in. Right. Well, I always think like the two main um, driving forces behind why people continue to get so involved in, in church and religion is that they, they use two things. They use fear, which is like what we're seeing here. And they also use guilt. Yep. Fear and guilt and shame <laughs> are basically, you know, the two main things that uh, have been controlling populations for ever since, like, humans could, you know, think about time. controlling other people, could figure that out. Fear of evil and then shame about your own humanity and guilt about your own humanity. That's right. It's that it's that sin, the original sin. Mm -hmm. That's you're, right. You're, and you need to like from repent sin. from it, and you need to constantly do all these things to make sure that. Yeah. Interesting how one of those things is give us some money. Mm -hmm. hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Which is why they push these cases because this gave them those examples to point to and say, see. Satanism is real. Look what it's doing to your children. To your children. And I understand being concerned for your children. I mean, a right. child comes to you and says something, then you're like going to be concerned. However, in some of these cases, it's you going to your kid saying that this, go, go tell them this happened to you. One of the silver linings that came out of this, though, as a side note, is all these daycare cases are why we have stronger uh, child protection laws now, too. Well, that's, yeah, that's definitely a good thing. We should probably protect children. Yep. Absolutely. Well, let's move on from daycare rapes to <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, not that that wasn't like kind a fun subject, but... The fantasy role-playing game called Dungeons and Dragons came out in the 70s and is played by children and adults worldwide still today. There are hundreds, possibly thousands of role-playing games, none of which we're going to get into. <laughs> a role-playing game is basically an analog video game with one person playing as the computer. Sounds pretty benign? It is pretty benign. Except, listeners, Dungeons & Dragons is a recruitment tool for Satanism and will lead to all kinds of unsavory stuff. Satan is a tricky motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is a friend. Whoa, he's got to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you play this podcast backwards, it has satanic messages in it. He's tricky. He's tricky, 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 tricky. In 1979, a young man disappeared from his dorm room at Michigan State University, leaving a suicide note. He went into the school's steam tunnels and ate a bunch of ludes, quaaludes, in an attempt to overdose. He woke up in the morning and then went to a friend's house. Steam tunnels, by the way, are... Something that is all over the place, apparently. They're tunnels that you go under the school and work on their steam pipes. Huh. Apparently, they're all over the place at colleges. I never knew. Yeah, well, isn't that where, like, you know, Freddy Krueger worked at school? Oh, maybe, yeah. They, they, I, oh, they'll use the boiler room. They killed him in the boiler room. Oh, that's true. But yeah. I feel like steam pipes would be, like, connected to the boiler room. I think so. I Most think so. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. He hid out in the area for some time before he hopped on a city bus and made his way to New Orleans. Upon arriving, he attempted suicide again, this time using some kind of cyanide concoction. Also failed. Damn. I know. This guy sucks at killing himself. I know. He succeeds at failing. He then moved to another town in Louisiana and worked as a laborer in an oil field. I like how he, like, doesn't, 
managed to kill himself, and so then he's like, well, I'll just move again. He's like, well, fuck it, I'm out. I'm going to go work in an oil field. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's dangerous work. This whole time, the cops, and then a PI hired by the parents, are looking for this kid. Investigators in the media all really focus on the fact that he played D&D, and they were just sure there was a connection. It was said that some of the kids from the school played a version of the game where they acted out the actions of the characters. It's called live action. And they played these in the steam tunnels. This they... sounds like really dirty, you know. <laughs> That's actually what started the whole LARPing, too. Oh, yeah. What's LARPing? Live right? action role playing. Oh, my God. That's when you There's dress a... up and like hit people biggest... with foam swords and shit. Dude, you guys are nerds. My housemates do that. Wow. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of I them that go that. to Marymore during oh, the yeah. summertime. Also, it's a actually pretty impressive to watch, too. The, the Tolt River campground area, they got a bunch of them that go there, too. <laughs> they pretty much thought he was out of touch with reality because of the game and somehow hurt himself. Never mind the suicide note, I guess. Or, like, the lewds and stuff. Maybe <laughs> right? That, maybe that, I think the that toxicology has more... report. Well, at this right. point, they don't know about the lewds. Yeah. Because he's just gone. and they But they found the suicide note. So I don't know why they aren't thinking that he just went to kill himself. And they think that some, like, Dungeons and Dragons went, like, went wrong. And right. Like, just... why is that to blame? I mean, like, people are just crazy and mentally ill and suicidal, like, all the time without, like, Without Dungeons and Without Dungeons Dragons. Dragons. <laughs> so, I mean, why would that no be No dice required. <laughs> the kid called the PI a few days after getting the job on the oil field, and the PI went to meet him. James Dallas Egbert Third told the private investigator, William Deere, the whole story. Yes, the kid's name was James Dallas Egbert Third. That's quite a mouthful. Egbert asked Deere to keep his story secret, which he agreed. And Deer had worked it out so the kid was going to be released to his uncle's custody. I don't know why he didn't go to his parents. Didn't really say, but... They hate my parents, that's why. Something. Uh, this was in September of 1979. As it turns out, Egbert suffered from depression, loneliness, and was very, very stressed. And he took his life 11 months later. Successfully this time, unfortunately. That's sad. None of this had shit to do with the game which was acknowledged in Deere's 1984 book, The Dungeon Master. The Dungeon Master, jeez. Yep, the PI wrote that book. Mm -hmm. And it like, you know, tells the actual story and really why he wanted to kill himself and how it had literally nothing to do with D&D. A made-for-TV movie with Tom Hanks, Mazes and Monsters, is based on a book that was based on this story. I don't really remember the movie very well, but they kind of demonized Dungeons and Dragons and that too, didn't they? Yeah, I, I dimly remember the movie, but I remember it being just stupid. I have never heard of that movie ever. Oh, well, yeah, it's it's an early Tom Hanks, and I mean, it's a made-for-TV movie in the early 80s. Mm. Yeah. Not great. It definitely was no Beastmaster. Oh my god, fucking, I fucking love Beastmaster. Right? <laughs> Dude, I was just at... Like what I was telling you about, you know, my trip to the Vegas, um, they filmed the Beastmaster at Valley of Fire State Park. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I have a picture of it listing it in the movie, in the credit, in like one of the signs that like stuff that's been filmed out there. That's great. Yeah, but Beastmaster is one of them. Oh, that was the shit during the summertime when you were like home and you had nothing to do and it would just pop on like that one and uh, Dune they'd always play. 
Crawl too. Crawl, that was another one. Yeah, yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Beastmaster was fucking awesome. Yes, folks, you heard it. Finally, movies that Joanna and I have both seen. <laughs> and Red Sonia, where, yes, Arnold. Oh, yeah. We oh, know yeah, Red you're Sonya. not Conan in this movie, right. but you're fucking Conan right. in this movie. And then even a Conan, I mean, Conan Barbarian's like, yes! That giant oh. fucking snake and shit. Yes, and, oh, Conan man. is an amazing movie. Oh, so good. They're all good. Those were the days. Mm-hmm. I would still just let those movies play if they popped on. Oh, I... I actually watched the Beastmaster. No shit. Like a, I don't know, maybe last year or something. I had to watch it on YouTube, but I put like YouTube on my TV. Is it awesome? Is it still awesome? It's still awesome. Yeah. Wasn't there a Beastmaster two as well? Yes, there was. Yeah, I thought so. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh one. man, further adventures of Beastmaster, as one wow. would expect from the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to look in on watching that one. Ten out of ten recommend. <laughs> in 1988. Some rich kid and a couple of friends killed a man. The man was the rich kid's stepfather. Eventually, the three got caught, two of which served their time, and one of which, James Barlett Upchurch III, that's right, (laughs) another third, another mouthful, was convicted Mm -hmm. of first-degree murder and was originally going to die for his crimes. October 1st, 1992, Upchurch's death sentence was changed to life in prison, and he is not eligible for parole until 2022. I'm not exactly sure why his penalty was changed. North Carolina has capital punishment, so it was probably some kind of legal defay on the defense's part. At some point during the investigation, police were told that the three enjoyed playing live-action Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, well. While drunk and high in the school's steam tunnels. More fucking steam tunnels. I know. I never (laughs) even knew these things, like, existed before. Neither did I. Fuck. What is it with the tunnels? I don't Already know. built dungeons for you. I guess so. Yeah. There is no link to them playing D&D and them killing their stepfather. Or killing the stepfather, since it was only one kid's stepfather. However, the book and television adaptations of the story lean very heavily on them playing the game. Probably because it was a popular thing. And that was going to sell copies of books and get asses and seats to watch television shows. We had one local myth, urban legend uh, at that time about there was a crew that was playing around the UW and uh, a couple of kids got actually stabbed because some one kid brought a real sword and got into it too much because they had all taken like LSD or something like that or mushrooms or who fucking knows, whatever it was. I feel like I've heard that story. Yeah, it was one of the urban legends. I... I could not, I call it urban legend because I could not verify if it was true or not. It was just one I heard over and over. Fair enough. Yeah. But at that time, that's, that was, you know, one of ours. That was the story. Yeah. Leif Peter von Stein was the name of the stepfather that got killed. So that's a good rich guy name. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Anything with Vaughn in it, you know. No, yeah. Von Stein. Yeah, it's very, uh, very old money. Mm-hmm. A mother in Virginia lost her son to suicide, which is pretty shitty. She started a group called Bad, which is also pretty shitty. <laughs> Bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. 
too bad. So it's like bad with two D's. <laughs> it was bad with two D's. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> Not quite mad. She's just bothered. <laughs> bothered about dra- Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. She felt this game was the reason her son killed himself. Oh my god. And she went so far as to sue the company that was publishing the game at the time, TSR. The lawsuit was thrown out in 1984, but this lady kept up with her advocacy against the game until her death in 1997. She believed that the game encouraged Satanism, suicide, rape, and all kinds of immoral and or illegal things. Oh, wow. She tried to sue the principal of her son's high school for wrongful death because he allowed them to play Dungeons & Dragons. She believed that a D&D curse was placed on her son's character before he died, which is why he killed himself. I I don't really... She's just hurting, probably, and... Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's And lashing sad. out. Trying to struggle sure. with why her son committed suicide. I'm sure it's it's an awful, terrible thing, but... Has nothing She took else. it a bit far. She, well, yeah, I mean, because it's... So she obsessed clearly, and like, had nothing yeah. else in her life to yeah. keep her from obsessing. Yeah, it's awful. I mean, it's terrible, and it's really sad. It is very sad. It's just people just can just not make any goddamn sense, I guess. Yeah. When I don't, and I'm not sure they're, how they're she died. And it's just frustrating, though, that kind of when people buy into these preconceived notions, like, oh, well, this one article said that it was evil, so therefore it must be. And I'm just going to keep pursuing that channel despite all the. And then they also go so far when they start obsessing like that, you go so far as to find evidence that backs up your theory. Called confirmation bias. Yep. Every bit of evidence you find, you make it fit your narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time in all manner of things. Oh, yeah. Like Fox News. That'll be the second time we brought up confirmation bias in uh, two episodes. In 1984, two jackoffs strangled a girl from Missouri to death. Turns out, they both played Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, well, there's the connection. Of course, the media lashed onto this. They also both wore shoes, they both live in houses, and they both ate meat. None of these Whoa. things contributed to their crime, including the D&D. When I was a teenager, I played D&D for a time. While playing D&D, I was not drinking. I was not using drugs. I was not causing general shenanigans. Once I lost interest in D&D, that's when I started drinking, using drugs, and shenanigizing mm-hmm. for lack of a better term that is also why i didn't pursue playing D. yeah because it was for nerds right yep right basically you guys, yeah you're just like this They're... isn't hardcore at all and i don't put them down for it. it looks like they are <laughs> generally having a good time doing it you do it my son plays D and has since he was in middle school he is such a nerd he found he was uh, just uh deployed overseas to the middle east in his unit, he found every person that played D&D and put together a campaign that they played when they had downtime the whole time he was deployed over there. Wow. You know, and they my... look like they have fun doing it. And he's not going out, you know, whoring and drinking and, exactly. you know, human sacrificing. And not Satanizing, you it. know. <laughs> Far from it. You know, my, my son plays Magic with one of with a couple of his friends. Oh, yeah. Um, Magic the Gathering, which I both I, my sons play Magic. Yeah, I don't I don't really even know what the difference between the two are. Magic um, I did play for a long time and it is a fun, rapid fire, interactive 
card game. That... It's basically Fantasy Uno. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it it's a blast. It it's fun to get into. It's easy to get into. It's easy to play. But yeah, no, also, he really enjoys it, but there's still yeah. like kind of a, a thing attached to it, and it's not, you know, like Satanism today, but it's just like basically like, yeah, you're a nerd if you play magic. Oh, exactly. Like so, like they'll him and his friends will will play, but they, he has this one friend who's like really into it and like brings his cards to school, and like my son was just like, no, dude, <laughs> that's, that's not how we're doing this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like it's it's easier to be a nerd now than it was when we were a kid. Right. Yeah. But, but it's just amazing to 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 think that like they turn something kind of so nerdy into something so evil. Oh, I like, know. It's like, <laughs> right? it's, it's it's not. Like <laughs> that... And and all of this actually did I mean it did do something. The the company that published the game at the time, TSR, did make some changes in response to all the negative press. In the second edition of the game, they removed potentially religiously significant creatures from the game. So things like demons and devils and angels were no longer critters that could be encountered. More recent psychological and sociological studies have found that role-playing games do not cause depression. They do not lead to suicide. What? <laughs> right? How weird is that? That's crazy. That's just crazy talk. Mind blown. You know about Pokemon? I've heard about that. Pokemon. You, you know about Pokemon? I know, you know about it. Did you know some Christian groups slandered Pokemon for being satanic? Whoa. <laughs> it's true. They well, believed it was rife with satanic themes. Dude, he does have like some crazy glowy red eyes. Check I it mean, out. I mean, I will like, yeah. Check it out. There's In April of 2001, the Vatican came out saying that Pokemon was not satanic. It was about friendship, which was good, and it was in no way immoral. Oh my god. The, 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 Vatican, Pope, of... the Vatican had to like speak out on this? The Vatican approves of Pokemon. Right. Wow. Someone up there was just shaking their head. They had a meeting about this. You I know, know multiple I know. meetings about this. And someone was going, "Are you guys fucking serious right now?" Because the the Vatican does actually have like scientists and shit like that that you know are fairly rational. Oh like, yeah. Are we even like gathered around yeah. talking about? And so this someone's right going, "Now is this really a thing? Have you even seen this shit? This is." A this this is like good shit for kids to watch. Uh. The Vatican's like, we know it's not satanic. We have Satan stuck in a box in the basement. <laughs> it can't be him. Here, let me show you what Satan is. <laughs> let me out, please. I don't know. I mean, the worst thing about Pokemon and uh, stuff like it is just the annoyance that it creates for parents. But it does point Pokemon, right. and it's it's like they're always like, ah! I mean, all the fucking screaming, like all the fucking time. Yeah, it is just, oh my god, <laughs> not satanic. However, it's not satanic. It's just evil, obnoxious, it, it, perhaps. I mean, if <laughs> anything satanic. would make me want to kill myself, it's just yeah. Ash Ketchum screaming about fucking Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I because, really do want to see the new movie. I mean, Detective I don't, Pikachu, but I don't though. think it makes like kids want to kill themselves. Oh, like kids God, think it's no. awesome because kids are fucking loud as fuck. And, yeah. Like, they're like, yeah. And they're not some tired adult that's just like, oh my God. Just shut the fuck like, up. I'm trying to think of all these adult things that suck and like, I can't because all I can hear is like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the ding noise and the. Theme yeah. music. Theme music. It's just, oh and my The commercials, God, which are even louder. Fucking obnoxious. So obnoxious. But not satanic. 
Yeah, not satanic. Ever since video games came out, people found something bad about them. From 1973, people complaining about controllers for the game Gotcha looking like boobs <laughs> to the blood in Mortal Kombat. Now we've got games like Grand Theft Auto, where you can do <laughs> anything damn near. You can get a prostitute, sex worker. You can then kill said sex worker and get your money back. You can murder people. There's tons of first-person shooter games like Call of Duty and Battlefield. Mm -hmm. People say promote violence. You know, you're running around shooting people. <laughs> right around the time Mortal Kombat came out for Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo is when they started putting the parental advisories on the video games just like they were yep. doing with the music. I remember when that happened. I remember hearing yep. on the news them talking about Mortal Kombat, and it's it's so dumb. Because this shit is like 16-bit graphics. If I remember correctly, uh, Mortal that Kombat, was... Mortal Kombat, I mean, I mean, that was like so tame. It was oh, just like... Not for the time it wasn't, though. For the time, that was like... That was, was the goriest, most brutal game that had ever been released. I remember... That was like the first game I ever pre-ordered. No shit? Wow. Uh-huh. You could even pre-order games then? Yeah. Wow. And Nintendo did not carry it. They specifically... They they did not have blood in it. Yeah, that's right. They changed it and took the blood out. So you could still, like, pull the guy's spine out, but there was no blood on it. <laughs> and we're talking 16-bit graphics. 16-bit graphics nowadays are are done because it's cool. People are like, oh, that's yeah, kitschy. Not that's because retro. it's, like, cutting edge. cutting edge at all. Not it when is, we got, not when we got graphics that then. look real these days. Yeah, when you look at real life, it you're like, this doesn't look real because the graphics on the video game are so good. Yeah, that's not these graphics. And then the gotcha thing, it's, it's really funny because it's just, they had joysticks, but they had these domes over the joysticks. And so they did look like boobs. And they were actually meant to look like boobs. So I'm not really so sure hey, what, the, like, what gotcha was about. But uh, that means that, you know, the, the evangelical right got one right. They got one right. They got one right. <laughs> and, you know, those guys were probably like proud and went, hey, someone noticed. <laughs> right. But there was a big list of games that people had problems with. And a lot of it was violence. But there was actually some games on that list that were like it was a fucked up idea. But they were so old and on such ghetto systems that like it it wouldn't look like what it really was. Right. Like, like Leisure Suit Larry, I think, was one of those. That like was that, one. That I actually yeah. had that game. That game's I hilarious. <laughs> that game is hilarious and irreverent and great. But there was this one game that came out in Japan. I don't remember what it was called, but you would like get a woman somehow and then you would have sex with her. And it, they were unclear as whether it was consensual sex or not, and so people were very concerned with that. Yeah, that's... And there there were some very sexualized games back in the day, but again, it was like you couldn't... It's not like there was anything there. It was a bunch of squares. And I understand that it was like the idea behind it that people were having a problem with, but... Right. Well, I mean, I like the... I approve of the parental advisories just because... Yeah. You know, I mean, you got little kids sometimes playing, and it's like they don't all of a sudden need to be introduced to stuff they have like no fucking idea. Like, oh no, not at all. This? I think it, it's it's good, but I really really hate it when um people are always trying to blame like violence in TV and violence in video games for fucking their kids up because you know what you're supposed to be around to like put that stuff into context. Exactly. If you're if you're yep. allowing your kid access to it and allowing them to play said video games and watch said movies, 
then you should also be around to provide context for it because you are the influencer, not that. If if that is such a part of your kid's life and you are so removed from your kid's life that that's the thing that's that's influencing them, then... You need to take a long, hard right. look at yourself. Right. You know, perhaps teach hang out them, with your kid. Teach yeah. them the ability to decipher right from wrong for themselves. Right, and fantasy versus reality and how yep. like this is not the way that like real life is i mean jesus christ like how hard is that to just talk to your kid oh god why would you do that <laughs> you just you know had them right the only reason people have them is because like i don't want to use a condom here we go isn't that what we don't want to raise for? them fuck text them so you don't have to talk to them there you go yeah there you are but yeah no it's just it you should be the one influencing your children. Yes. And providing the guidance. Yes. Uh, not movies or video games. At least touch base with them. You know this isn't real, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. You'd think with all the problems that were in America and in the world in the 1980s, the United States Congress would have important work to do. Well, in 1985, it was not the case. Enter the PMRC. Parents Music Resource Center. Oh, no. This pile of shit organization are the douchebags that felt like they needed to censor music. The group was a bunch of senators' wives, likely put together because the senators wanted to fuck their mistresses while they shouted about moral values. Right? It's like, we gotta give something, we gotta give our wives something to do to get them out of the house. Right? Because they gotta have their (laughs) interns in so they can fuck the interns and then write their speeches about why Satanism is bad. And it helps their little sewing circle feel self-righteous. Oh, and just so important. Oh my god, yes, so important. Like, you know, they matter. It does make the Danishes taste better. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, they wanted to put warning labels on albums because they were afraid of music offending people. Side note, we all loved it at that time. Because I was deep into, you know, punk rock and heavy metal and gangster. N.W.A. put out gangster rap, and that was one of those albums right off the bat that got tagged. And so you do which ones to buy? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So much easier. Exactly. Oh my god. It was it it was awesome. And but I also agree, you know, with the whole being a parent. So it's cool too that, hey, look, see, should your kid have that? That's on you. You should listen first, right. maybe. Yep. And maybe if they're like four, that's a no, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I I probably I probably might wait till about six or so before I introduced him to Straight Outta Compton. Right? Yeah, six or seven, totally. I think that's about where Taylor first heard N.W.A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jarek loves N.W.A. and he plays it in the car now Hell awesome yes. for me because he's like, oh, here, I'll I'll put something that you're familiar with. Mom, put on some you know? classical. Yeah, some, some classic <laughs> Come on, Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> it is classic rock now. <laughs> it's a classic oldies rap. rap. Yeah, oldies, oldies rap. rap. Right. The founding members of this group was Tipper Gore, Al oh Gore's god. wife. Oh god, oh god. Mm-hmm. Susan... It's just like, I just hate her because of her name. I mean, I know <laughs> she's like an insufferable person too, but you know, god, just the name, Tipper Gore. Yep, just... yep. Susan Baker, the wife of Treasury Secretary James Baker. Pam Hauer, the wife of just some fucking realtor. Sally Nevius, wife of a former D.C. City Council Chairman. All this bullshit reached its crescendo on August 19th, 1985, when D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, Frank Zappa, and John Denver all testified before Congress against this. And why did those three come together? 
Well, because censoring art is fucking bullshit. Yep. And John go Denver, figure. I love it. Yeah, go figure, though. What was funny, though, is a lot of us at the time were like, who the fuck? What? D. Snyder? But then come to find out, wait, this fucker's really intelligent. Yeah. yeah. We all knew Frank Zappa was intelligent. Oh, yeah. But then hold on a second. Mr. Sunshine on your shoulders actually can speak eloquently and intelligently in front of a legal board also. And is completely against censorship. Fuck yeah. 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 Not that it really even mattered. No. Nope. Uh, because the RIAA, Recording Industry Association of America, had already made a deal with these morons. The deal was that they would put a single warning label on some albums. Parental advisory, explicit lyrics, or content, or whatever it is. What the group, the PMRC, wanted was a different warning label for each thing they deemed bad. So, uh, if it was sexual content, if it was, you know, just, you know, drugs. The thing that I found most offensive is they wanted to label things for occult content. Uh-huh. Again, freedom of religion in America, not really a thing. But if there's a warning label for occult content, why isn't there one for Christian content? How pissed would you be to buy a heavy metal album and find out it was Christian heavy metal? <laughs> yeah. Dude, they do have, I mean, they have that. They can trick you that in that way. I know. There's Christian, there's there's actually... Christian rap. There's Christian and... rap. Okay. And it's just like, you start, you know, getting into it and then it all starts about God and Jesus and he wants to serve. It's just like, wait, what? Right. Wait and a second. That Wait a goddamn me. second. Mortification is a Christian death metal band that sounds as badass as any death metal band out there. And, but all their lyrics are like the fire and brimstone revelation. So, and that actually kind of sounds cool to me, really. Yeah. Ever since I heard about those guys, I'm like, well, okay, death metal is the one place I can see religion because you know if you read the bible it is pretty fucked up and brutal and violent like i could like the apocalyptic like books sort of thing i can see like the fire that's pretty cool the old testament shit i I like that stuff like well the uh, the, any of the apocalypses the book of revelations but that shit is that shit is just like crazy right and that's that's fine but i like any of this like preachy shit not into (laughs) the pmrc came up with what they called the filthy 15 Oh my God! Really? Yep. They had to oh use yeah! That word, oh, this was great 15, too. Filthy. I laughed so hard when they released this. These were what they viewed as the 15 most offensive songs at the time. Most of them on the list are because the lyrical content had to do with sex and masturbation. <laughs> Can you believe it? Oh my God! Songs about sex and God forbid masturbation. Masturbation. Other content they found bad was drug use, alcohol use, violence, language, and occult content. And here is the 15 songs. In order, Prince, Darling Nikki. Prince. Love yeah. that song. Darling Nikki. Wow. Masturbation. Yep. Uh, Sheena Easton, Sugar Walls. Never, never heard it. Yeah. Judas Priest, Eat Me Alive. Vanity. Strap on, Robbie Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that either. Molly Crew, Bastard. ACDC. Let me put my love into you. (laughs) (laughs) That's satanic as fuck. Oh, that was, again, that was a sexual content. Uh, Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It. Oh my god, really? Yep. Uh, Violence, I believe, in that one. What? Madonna, Dress You Up. I don't, I've never even heard that Madonna song. I'm sure sexual content on that one. Wasp, Animal, Fuck Like a Beast. (laughs) (laughs) 
another one of those examples where they got one right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did they oh, read a that one out loud? <laughs> Wasp was actually pretty proud of that at the time. Def Leopard, High and Dry Saturday Night. What? Drug use. Drug use. Merciful Fate, Into the Coven. Now, Merciful Fate, they they were absolutely, King Diamond was absolutely proud of having occult overtones and violence in his music at that time. Yeah, that was a fucking point. Right? <laughs> Black Sabbath, Trashed. Mary Jane Girls, In My House. Venom, Possessed. They were right with Venom, too. Yeah. Venom was proud of it, too. Number 15. Cindy Lauper's She-Bop. That's right. It's about masturbation. Cindy Lauper. It actually, even Cindy has said, well, yeah, that's about playing with yourself. Yeah. There's a Spotify playlist with these songs on it. Just search for The Filthy 15. It looks like Strap On Robbie Baby by Vanity is actually not on Spotify. I don't think Vanity is on Spotify at all. Some stores refuse to carry albums with the warning labels, like Walmart, who would still sell you a gun at the time. <laughs> right, you can go buy Merca. an actual gun, but um, something with explicit lyrics. No, 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 no. Hey. We'll have none of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some would only sell them to adults. Frank Zappa released an album after all this garbage called Jazz from Hell. One song on it was called G-Spot Tornado. <laughs> this album did not have even one lyric in it and had the warning label slapped on it. People still roast Tipper Gore for her part in the PMRC. <laughs> There's a song about it by a band called Harry and the Potters. I've never heard the band. I didn't hear about it until I did research for this, but this song came out like two years ago or something, or maybe last year, very recently. Still talking shit about old TG about her bullshit. <laughs> 30 years later. It should be said that Tipper Gore has fought for LGBTQ rights more recently. I'm not really sure how much she's done. So, I mean, she's not completely shitty. Yeah. Just, you know, mostly. Well, you know, I mean, it's all just a sign of the times and what's going to get you points. That's right. I don't even know why she's going for points anymore. Al Gore is, he's already, you know, invented the internet, you know, hunting man bear pig. Right. He (laughs) retired with high score. Yeah. He retired with high score. And that's what I pretty much have there. Wow. Rock and roll. They satanic panic. Satanic panic. Now, did you watch the Geraldo thing? I did not. I did not. I read about it, but I didn't actually watch it. But I think I remember seeing it. But... Was that when he got the chair tossed at him? I can't remember because I didn't rewatch the whole thing. But I remember I think watching Ozzy was it on like... there. I remember watching it like as a teenager. Yeah, yeah, Ozzy was on there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but he was like really he was like fucked so. Up I and... mean, he was like so much different. It was crazy. It was like, oh my god, that's Ozzy Osbourne. Like, wow. <laughs> he didn't have any makeup or anything, but I mean, Geraldo had him on as like a guest to um, discuss the musical aspect of uh, Satan worship. And... Well, because he was also one of the symbols at that time. Black Sabbath was, uh, you know, one of the... Prince of Darkness. Were... Yeah, he was the Prince of Darkness. He bit off the head of a live bat, for Christ's sake, to get his <laughs> recording contract. You know, he was just lucky he didn't get fucking rabies from that. Oh, he went and got rabies close. shots afterwards. Oh, good. <laughs> so, good for him. Good for yeah. him for getting his rabies vaccination. Uh, good for his managers to make him do it. <laughs> right. But it's funny because he's like, you know, I'm just, His I'm just trying to rock my music. I'm not it. trying to like freak people out purposefully. Like he's just trying to like kind of be like a voice of reason, you know, 
on the Ronaldo show. It's insane when Ozzy Osbourne is your voice of reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what just like blew my mind like so much. And then of course Geraldo's just kind of like, oh, okay, like you know, because he just you know says a bunch of reasonable things and uh, and then he's like, okay, okay, we're gonna have you stand by there, Ozzy, because we want to hear from some other like fantastical source about. She's like, hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. You're being too rational. Let's right, cut exactly. to this soccer mom who's fucking pissed. Let's cut to this. <laughs> She's much more photogenic. Yes. The camera loves her. No, but they had all these, like, chicks on there, too, that, like, said that, that you know, they, like, had babies. Like, first, they'd been, you know, in satanic cults, and, like, they had babies, and, like, the babies were murdered as soon as they were born, and the bloodiest rituals. I'm just like, what the fuck? Just all bullshit. Like, you know what happened? Yeah. Where that actually happened? was Catholics in Ireland did that. Right. I mean, they didn't sacrifice him to Satan, but they fucking killed babies. Right, yeah. Or, like, you know, st- stripped them from their mothers and then just s- sold them off to uh, people with more money. Yeah. Just, I mean, come on. And let's not forget the Buddhist monks who are performing underground abortions for who knows how long, and there was an incomprehensible number of bodies found in the sub cellar of one of the uh, monasteries over there i mean they're talking really thousands just botched thousands they were yeah they were and you know they're like who knows how many decades yeah this has been going on but you know you gotta look at it well they're trying to help these young ladies so they don't end up dying but not saying anything for thousands and thousands of bodies right right Plus, it seems to me if you're um if there's like actual like bones and bodies to be discovered, these are being advanced. And then you think to yourself, was I just describing Satanism? Oh wait, no, <laughs> these are fucking Buddhists, right? <laughs> when you Satan think the doesn't term doesn't even exist to them, right? nope. <laughs> you think the term Buddhist, the last thing you think of is a subseller full. Full of aborted fetuses. Oh yeah, well there was militant Buddhists as well back in the yeah. day in, in Japan. So you, that is definitely not the first image that comes to mind, though. Not at all. Not when at you all. think Satanist, what do you think? Oh yeah, and that's just because it's been beaten into our head. Because you know, ever since we were children, it was always just like, oh man, you know, there's these ideas of Satanism in popular culture, and that people in charge were telling us. Never mind, it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's just you know a way to scare people. Yeah, and of course, like, you know, the the kids who wear black and oh, have yeah. long hair and heavy metal, I mean, that that's a fucking Satanist right there. Straight up, straight mm-hmm. up. And now, why did it sort of die out in the 2000s? More shit to deal with? Yeah, and I think maybe at that point, there had been enough cases where it's like, clearly there was no correlation, and any correlation people were trying to make was completely fabricated and total bullshit. Maybe just, yeah, losing credibility because of mm-hmm. that. And, and then all of the other things going on. The world's going to end. Oh, it didn't end. All of that shit. Waco. Like, all kinds of shit where there's showing that religious extremism is a bad idea. Right. Jim and I mean, Jones. a lot of those evangelicals, like, yeah, I mean, you finally get, you know, hauled in on tax fraud and find out. Yep. I mean, just, they were discredited enough to where it's like, okay, like, maybe all these things that they've been pushing and saying are, are true bullshit. Just, just maybe. Just like the witch trials died down. Yeah. Like yeah. eventually people kind of came to their senses and were what just like, what the fuck oh, have we okay. been doing? Right. And like, that's why it's also really funny now to, you know, revisit an earlier statement 
that now the Satanists are the ones that are erecting statues and they're helping the community. Right. They're putting money into <laughs> education. And and you're like, uh, what? We've been in a bizarro world for the past 30, 40 years. Who are you going to trust your child with? A Catholic priest or a Satanist? I'd probably pick a Satanist. Fuck yeah. Sake, I, <laughs> I mean, look at the... I mean, I know not all Catholic priests are fucking kids, but look at the track record. It happened a lot. And look what's going on with them right now. Exactly. Now you look back on this whole scandal and think, what the fuck, America? Well, what yeah, the fuck I mean, indeed? you're persecuting people for something they didn't do while turning around and doing that shit yourself and covering it up, basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, and if you're not actually doing it yourself, you're like being like, you know, a part of the... You know, the whole this entire yeah. story, instead of everywhere it said daycare, 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 you know, West Memphis three insert the Vatican and on down right. and it would all apply to what was going on. Right. St. Mary's Church of the whatever the fuck. Mm hmm. Wherever. Yep. And then you look at, um, you know, and all the daycare crimes, but there's 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 so many. There's so many things that people have been convicted for, and the fact that they were accused of being Satanists is, like, a huge reason that they got convicted. Ridiculous. It is completely it's ridiculous. Against It's it's anti-American, really. Mm -hmm. Freedom of religion and guilty, or, sorry, innocent until proven guilty. Unless you're a fucking Satanist. Oh, yeah. And then we all know you did it, of and course. you're gonna fry. And you shouldn't be a Satanist here. Mm-hmm. We'll actually be getting into a few of those cases on the next episode. Thank you, new guy, for joining us. Uh, in addition to Pill Brigade, you can also check out his other band that he does with uh, Alex, whom you'll remember from a couple past episodes. What the fuck? What Why don't the you fuck? tell him where you can find what the fuck? Uh, go on to Facebook there. Uh, it is spelled funky, but we're out there on Facebook. Why don't, you, why don't you spell it for the people, just in case they want to listen to it? It is W-U-T-T-H-P-H-U-K. That's because we wanted to be hip and in with the young crowd. It didn't work. Fair enough. But it works for us. Um, but go ahead yeah. and check them out. Give them All the light. usual locations. All over YouTube also. Oh, yep, there you go. And if you can find Pill Brigade, you can find What the Fuck. It's usually not close behind. Or not far behind. I don't know. A little bit of both. <laughs> I just show up and scream into a microphone. I'm glad you didn't scream today. Ha <laughs> ha. And then for us, as usual, you can find us at Twitter, at underscore Stranger Than. We will probably not see anything you do there, but if you want to follow us, go ahead. On Instagram, we are Stranger Than Podcast. Give us a search on Spotify, Stranger Than Podcast. On Facebook, you can like our page, Stranger Than Podcast, or the Strange Space group, where you can see memes and join in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there was dick pics the other day. There like, was whale dicks. Whale dicks. They were nice. huge. Early huge. in the day. It was just way too early in the day. It was just like, seriously. Is any time the right time for whale dicks? Every time is the right time for whale dicks. <laughs> I mean, is there a time... When Joanna, you're like, yes, this I could go for some whale yeah. dicks. Mm -hmm. 4.45 on Thursday, but only the second Thursday of the third month. If you'd like to donate to the cause, you can find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Stranger Than Podcast. For $5, you get a bonus episode every month. 
there are some other things for uh, lower donations as well. Any amount helps. Check out our Podbean page, strangerthanpodcast.podbean.com. Drop us an email, strangerthanpodcast.gmail.com. And if you want to wear some of our fly merch, check out tpublic.com slash user slash strangerthanpodcast, where you can find mugs, shirts, cups, cups and mugs. Yeah. All manner of things. Laptop sleeves, I believe. Yeah, things for smartphones. sleeves. All kinds of shit. Check it out. It's pretty cool. Things and stuff. Things and stuff. And other than that, I guess we will be talking to you next time. So stay strange. Mm -hmm.